Welcome back to another edition of the Paycast. I'm your host, Michael Pagani, joined alongside Stockton Heat forward Byron Fraze. Byron, how are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, myself, it's good to hear you're doing well uh, as well. You know, lots of people have been watching Tiger King, Ozark, and Outer Banks are another hit uh, TV show. What have you been doing during quarantine? Yeah, uh, definitely saw a few of those, but uh, other than that, I've been hanging with family, trying to stay in shape and uh, trying to get some golf in as well, and that's been filling my time. Have you been watching, uh, you know, NASCAR or Bundesliga ever since it has returned? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I haven't really. Actually, I haven't been watching much TV. Um, we watched Tiger King, and that was about it. And then haven't really started too much since then. I also got schoolwork on the side, so it's been uh, pretty busy. And how have you uh, balanced the schoolwork with all your other uh, things you want to do, such as watching Netflix and working out? Uh, it's more so trying to balance it with family time. So I usually try to get some time, uh, take like an hour a day after uh, my son goes to bed to do some reading or catch up on some uh, homework. Now getting into your story here, who influenced you to start hockey? Oh, I don't know about that, but I just know I was into it at a pretty early age. I'm pretty sure I started skating or I think I played my first hockey game at like three and a half or four years old. So um, definitely had a love for the game early. Now, growing up in Manitoba at the time, uh, there wasn't an NHL team there. What team did you cheer for? Uh, we grew up Habs fans. My parents were pretty, my fat whole family really is pretty strong Habs fans. So I was watching, I remember my earliest memories are watching uh, Vincent Danfus, Mark Recchi, John LeClaire as a line. Um, and I remember I was pretty, uh, um, hooked on that. Now, was there ever a player growing up that you wanted to mold your game after? Not really, no. Uh, just kind of understand. I wanted to always understand what kind of role I could fill on a team and, um, and try to be the best player I can be in that role. So um, throughout the different teams, it's kind of taken me in different um, roles, and it's been fun to, to play a part in all of them. Would you be able to speak upon your road to where you are today? Uh, yeah, just took a lot of hard work. Uh, I didn't ever expect to be here, um, to be as far as I have gotten and to play this many years pro. I don't think I ever imagined playing. I mean, I always dreamt to play pro, but I didn't think I'd ever get here. And, um, there's been a lot of times where I could easily gave up, but, um, just kind of worked through it and, and prevailed through it. You did play in the, uh, you know, uh, playoffs for the WHL with the Everett Silvertips and the Red Gear Rebels. Did you ever make it to the Memorial Cup? Uh, no, we lost. The furthest I got was second round. We lost in the second round uh, with the Rebels. Uh, we had a really good team that year. Uh, that was the year with uh, Nugent Hopkins, his last year junior. Um, unfortunately, we, our goalie, Darcy Kemper, went down uh, in the second round, and um, we couldn't recover after that. Do you ever keep in contact with your junior buddies? Yeah, quite a bit, but it mostly just uh, in passing. Whenever I go and see, like we had a, when Red Deer hosted the Mem Cup, Peter's back, I went and saw a bunch of them down in Red Deer. Um, and other than that, if I'm in the city that they're out, I try to connect, but it's pretty tough when you, in the, in the sport, you're such close friends with people for a full year, and then you don't see them again for, you know, could be 10 years. So it's, tough to keep in contact with everybody even though you're still really good buddies and can catch up and feel like nothing feel like you haven't been apart at all when you when you see them you were fortunate enough to get drafted in the fourth round of the 2009 nhl draft how did you take in that moment 
Yeah, it was pretty special. My family all came down there too. Uh, we went there it was in Montreal as well. Um, and just my agent had told me, you know, come and experience it and take it, take it all in. So um, that was fun. I obviously didn't expect to go too high, but um, to get drafted was just a special moment for me, but um, also for my family. What did you end up doing post-draft, you know, after all the celebration was over? Or I guess, was it still going on? Yeah, we had a banquet with uh, all the guys and families that uh, got drafted to Chicago. And then uh, it's a pretty quick trip, actually. I don't remember um, everything, but we I know we only stayed there for a few days. I think we got there the day before and left pretty much the day after. Um, I had my grad, I think it was the day after or something like that, or shortly before that. I think that's why we didn't go out too early but um yeah it was a short and sweet trip to montreal how was it signing your first uh you know pro contract the three-year entry-level deal with the blackhawks oh it was awesome that was um definitely a highlight for sure um you know you can get drafted and there's plenty of people that get drafted but never get to sign that contract so um i was pretty honored to be able to sign that after having a good year with red deer now, during the last year of your entry-level deal, uh, you played in the Kelly Cup Finals, which is the trophy for the East Coast League. Uh, what challenges did you and the team face en route to the finals? Uh, a lot of them. Uh, I think we won We won in Game 6 and three of the four series. Is, uh, every series we won, we won in Game 6. And uh, you do a lot more traveling. I know our first series was against Orlando, so we are going back and forth, you know, on almost 20-hour bus trips and stuff. And... Um, had some injuries along the way and all that kind of stuff, but we had a great group of guys. And uh, I think the most challenging thing was to lose obviously in the finals um, in game six, um, definitely different circumstances than most playoff series as we have uh, in Cincinnati with the standard ice size in Alaska, they had uh, not to mention the three, three flights and 24 hours on a plane that we had to spend to get to Alaska. But, um, they also had Olympic size ice, so it was two different hockey games when you're one arena to the other. But it was definitely amazing memories. Had an amazing group of guys there, and uh, just tough to come up, um, you know, a couple games short. Did the team just run out of gas then? Because you know you're talking about 20 hour bus rides, you know, three planes. Uh, I don't know if we ran out of gas. Uh, it was a tight series. I know we lost the last game one nothing. Um, we lost one in overtime in Alaska that we could have won as well. Um, so, you know, so a bounce here or there, and it's a, it's a different series. You did uh, amass 25 points in 23 games. What contributed to your success? Um, opportunity, I would say. I got a lot of opportunity to play. Uh, when you're in the East Coast League, you get to play a lot more minutes than any other league. And uh, I think it just took advantage of that. I had a coach that trusted me, a coach that knew me um, from previous years, and, um, and just some good linemates that I uh, connected well with. You did go through the loan process from Cincinnati to uh, the Toronto Marlies. Could you speak on how that loan process works? Yeah, it's basically just a call-up. Um, you know, when American League teams run out of guys or need guys that need a call, like a fill-in, and um, for whatever reason, sometimes they don't call up their own guys that they've signed, uh, then uh, you can call up anybody else, and you're just basically on a, on a tryout offer, and um, that's how it happened uh, that I got up to the Marlies. You did make your NHL debut on October 25th of 2015 in an original six matchup against the Montreal Canadiens. Knowing the history between the two teams, what did that mean to you to be a part of the history? A lot of, a lot of special moments that day. Um, obviously getting to play my first NHL game, and I think it was less than a year 
less than a calendar year since I was playing in the East Coast League, so that was amazing. Um, and then to play against the childhood favorite team, um, the Habs, and be playing for the Leafs, a uh, major rivalry. You know, everyone remembers growing up as a kid and watching that Montreal Canadiens and Toronto Maple Leafs game every Saturday night, and, and you could feel it from home. So the energy in the rink was amazing, and um, – and you don't you don't even need it to be your first game. It'll get you pumped up to play those those teams uh, any day. Were you ever nervous uh, before the game because you know the Bell Center is always a rocking place? I think after you get your first shift out of the way, it's your nerves settle. Uh, you just channel that uh, energy into playing as fast as you can, as hard as you can, and and uh, like I said earlier, finding your role and playing within your role. When did it feel real for you? Because obviously you're going up against Carey Price, you know, a, a superstar goaltender. You know, did it was it when you stepped on the ice that, you know, this is a dream come true? Um, yeah, I mean, probably even earlier than that. I, uh, I felt I had a good camp going into it and to be able to feel that way, feel comfortable playing with those guys obviously gives you a big bump. But then, you know, uh, your first game when you're playing against Carey Price and, and you know, the Montreal Canadiens, an iconic team, um, I think it just takes that first shift and you, you know, you're playing against, and it's like you're back playing against your buddies in the back alley or, or anybody, it doesn't matter who's on the other side of that point. You're just playing the game that you uh, love to play and that, um, you've been working hard to, to play for. Did you, was it hard to get in a routine at first? No, I don't think that. I think, uh, nowadays teams are pretty, um, fluent in regards to their AHL team and their NHL team they usually play the same systems play the same type of type of game so it's pretty uh smooth to make that transition from one league to the other now just in terms of casual uh talk how do you go about your game day uh, I'm pretty chill uh, I don't like to have any um superstitions or anything like that I, I do have a routine that I get myself warmed up for a game but it's uh Definitely just that, just a routine because I know my body feels good after I do um, certain exercises. So um, just getting that done and then, um, you know, making sure mentally I'm, I'm checked in and ready to go. On December 19th, you scored your first NHL goal against the LA Kings. Do you still have that puck? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the, the Leafs guys plaqued it for me somewhere. It's somewhere in my basement along with a bunch of other hockey stuff that uh, I'm guess I'm keeping for future but we'll see if I whatever do with it does the I guess is there any uh significance on who picked it up you know was it a veteran that really mentored you um I would have to go back and watch a clip to see who picked it up I mean I remember I was playing with Brad boys and um not sure who else maybe I, I know it was usually Brad boys and he's he was definitely a good mentor to me he was a guy who's been around the league for a long time and the guy that uh, was super nice and super vocal with me. So uh, took a lot of, made sure I took a lot of notes off of his playbook and, uh, and enjoyed playing with him. Did you ever get the feeling that the monkey came off the back when you scored your first NHL goal? For sure. For sure. I had a lot of chances before then. Um, and then, you know, you start gripping the stick a little tighter as the games go by, um, you know, wanting to, wanting to get that goal. But at the same time, I knew that I wasn't necessarily – there with the Leafs to score goals. I was there to create momentum, you know, be a good penalty killer um, and uh, defend really well. What did it mean for you to be a part of the famous trade deadline in seven, in 2017? Yeah. I mean, I've been a part of two now and um, 
you know, it's always fun when you're watching on TV and, and you see all these trades happen because it's exciting as a fan, but as a player, it's not necessarily as exciting when you got to leave your family or leave your, um, your home that you've been staying in and, or the city that you've been accustomed to over like the last couple of years. But it's, a, it is, it's, you know, it's negative and positive at the same time. So, you know, you're going to the team that's def- or has a good chance to make a good playoff run. And that's exactly what we did in Syracuse that year. So, um, I think it was all worth it to, to be a part of it. And, uh, uh, unfortunately, we couldn't pull out uh, the win in the finals that year either. You, like you said, you went to Syracuse, which is the affiliate for Tampa Bay. Uh, the full trade was, uh, you know, you for a conditional and a conditional second in exchange for Brian Boyle. How long did it take for you to adjust to the systems in Syracuse? Yeah, it was quite different there, um, and it also didn't help. I was injured when I got traded at the time when I uh, when I got traded over there, so I was out for the first two or three weeks. You know, so, I mean, it helped, but it also didn't help. It helped in the, in the fact that I could watch and, and kind of take in how they play. But at the same time, uh, the coaching staff was quite a bit different there and the systems were quite a bit different than I'd ever played. So it took a little bit to, to get used to it. Um, um, and even when I got back, I'm pretty sure I got hurt right after again, unfortunately. So I only ended up playing, you know, a handful of games in the regular season and just hopped in the playoffs and, and tried to be my best. You, like you said, you got to play in the Calder Cup Finals, unfortunately losing to Grand Rapids in six games. What lessons were taught or, you know, what lessons did you gain during that series? I think you got to take lessons from every day when you're a pro hockey player because it's going to keep uh, helping you grow. But that, that series was definitely um, eye-opening and, and uh, also just a great experience. You know, we had such a good team and, and a lot of great players, a lot of great players that are – playing the NHL today and um, you know it just goes to show that you can't take any shifts off you got to make sure you're at your at your best every day every game every shift um, in order if you want to be a champion. Now it's one thing to have a casual game day routine in the regular season did yours ever change when you got to the Calder Cup? No 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 it's just another game uh, you know obviously there's a lot more at stake but uh, once you get to that locker room you get to the um, dialed into and ready to go you're you know you're you're the same old thing you're, you've been through that routine um, a lot of times you did get to play on both sides of the Leafs Habs rivalry what was it like being on the Montreal Canadian side of it I mean both sides are pretty pretty equal they definitely go at it pretty hard and um, it's it's intense whichever building you're in so it was it was fun to experience it from that side as well and to to get a play for a childhood favorite team you got named captain of the Laval Rocket in their first season. Did that change the standard of how you play? Uh, not really, no. I think that uh, my style of game is tailored to a certain way, and that's making sure I leave everything out there every, every shift. Um, I think the only thing that changed is um, just a little more awareness off the ice and trying to be more vocal um, on and off the ice. That's the only thing that I think I would have changed. I mean, I'm a pretty vocal person on the ice, but... Um, trying to lead by example in, in any way that I could. Throughout your career, you've been called up and sent down multiple times. How do you keep your confidence in check? Uh, you know, after you get after the first few times it happens, um, it's definitely a learning curve. And it's something that I try to teach all the young guys that I'm playing with now and, and I have played with over the past is just not to think too much into it, not to try to read into it. Um, when you do that, you end up losing confidence. You end up losing losing sleep, losing your mind, because sometimes it cannot make any sense, and sometimes it makes total sense. So 
Um, I, I, like I said, a lot of, lot of guys um, that I play with that just control what you can control and uh, the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, you never want to overthink those situations. You kind of just want to go with the flow. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, uh, and just know that, you know, if it doesn't happen today, it might happen tomorrow, but it's not going to happen if you're not doing everything you can to be the best player you can be. Have you ever been a part of a teddy bear toss game? Uh, yeah, I've been a part of a few, um, uh, especially playing against some teams. And uh, I think the most, my most memorable one would have been in, in playing against the Hitmen with the Rebels. Uh, there's so many bears flying down. So uh, it was definitely pretty interesting. Yeah, it must be interesting because all you see once the goal goes in is just these millions of teddy bears freaking rain on you, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and there there's so many coming down that it uh, could definitely hurt sometimes if it uh, hit you in the head or hit you in the back. Throughout your playing career, uh, who would you say is the best and worst teammate to room with on a road trip? Oh, I've roomed with so many guys over the years that I don't really have either that I would say. Um, that's when you're in the NHL and not on entry level, it's nice to get your own room so you can have some, some of your own space. But no, I've been a part of a lot of good uh, roommate situations. I don't think I've had one bad one. Now, I don't want to reveal too much about you, but what would be your go-to shootout move? Shooting. <laughs> I'm not a deeker, so I just uh, like to come down and, and put my shot to work and see if I can find the hole. As we are concluding this interview here, do you have a funny story to share about your career? Um, no, not too much. Just that, uh, you know, there's been times, I, I think coming off my entry level deal, I, um, was debating packing and packing it in, throwing in the towel. And, uh, you know, thankfully through all the support that I have for my wife and my family, um, we decided to go one more year and give it a try and give it an honest effort. And, uh, I think that just shows that, uh, hard work and perseverance will pay off. Throughout your nine plus year career, how would you reflect on it? It's gone by quick. Uh, I remember my first year pro, although I said, uh, you know, enjoy every day because it, it, it's like a blink of an eye. And it's definitely, they weren't lying when they told me that. Some days can be long, but the, the weeks are quick and months go by so fast and seasons are come and gone, come and go. And uh, you just got to enjoy every moment. Now, final question here. Do you have any advice for aspiring hockey players that may look up to you? Uh, just keep working, keep working hard. Don't overthink it. Uh, you know, you can control how one thing and that's how you play, how you, the effort you put in every night. And, um, you don't have to be the most skilled guy or the most talented guy, but, uh, if you're the hardest working guy and you leave everything on the ice then you can be you can leave the rink satisfied with that and, and be happy at the end of the day. All right. Well, I'd like to thank Stockton Heat forward Byron Fraze for joining me on today's podcast. Thanks for having me.